Hey guys, this is Chris with Conversations with Chris. So, last week was fun, huh? Yeah. Got a lot accomplished. We ended up launching our first podcast. Looks like it's done well so far. I don't know how many people we have total, but it's more than 50, which is pretty cool to me, right? I don't know what what expectations to set or anything like that, because I've never done this before. So, there was no expectations. So, 50 people that heard it, thank you very much. Hope you enjoyed it. We Looks like we've you. gotten, yeah, we appreciate you 50 people. Way to start out from the beginning. So when this grows to like thousand episodes, you can say you heard it from the first episode right, right after it was recorded. We so got in before all the hits first. By the way, if you guys message me and uh, have put a five star rating on there, uh, go ahead and send me a message. I'll send you some surprise, just so you know. A lot of fun though, and hopefully some people gain some information from it. Today, uh, we're going to talk about being present. The most difficult thing in the world for the majority of people that I come in contact with to accomplish. So today is going to be a very detailed lesson, but also one of revamping the way that you see things in life because it's something about a trick to get yourself to stop living in the future and stop holding on to the past. And what comes with that is the idea that the only thing that truly exists is right now. Right here, right now, be present. So some of the stuff that I'm gonna go through today is gonna give people a lot more insight on how I've become so present in my life and what comes from being present when you truly live as a present person in the moment. And there's a saying you hear me say all the time, you can't change behavior not changing a belief. So until you convince yourself to believe that right here, right now is all that actually exists, which the irony of that is, is that that shouldn't really be that difficult to believe. But for some reason, we've convinced ourselves that we're still living in the future and still living in the past. And so people have a hard time with living right here, right now. And you got to change that, that belief so that your behavior of living in the future and the past will stop being that way. Well, the belief is just a thought that you keep thinking over and over. Truth, but that also shapes your entire life. Exactly. Gives you the direction you're going to go. It creates the opportunity if you allow anxiety, depression, sadness, frustration, all these key terms that we hear a lot about in today's world that I have had in my life, all of them and more at certain times. So today is going to be very much about the injury that I suffered. That's also going to give a lot of perspective on why I am the way that I am and why present was the only option for me. And it wasn't something of a choice. It was more of a, this is the only way that I can live my life because it's the only, I only have the comprehension level to be able to stay right here, right now. Yeah, Um, Blessing in disguise. Blessing in disguise, right? Silver lining, always trying to find something positive about everything that ever happens in my life. So let's start out with frustration. It's always a good place. Gets people's attention right off the bat, right? Uh, Relatable. Ever been frustrated in your life? Me? Never. (laughs) (laughs) Up until recently, I didn't know how to control it. Right. So frustration is an inevitability, right? It's something, something that you can't live without. Something that you have to have in your life Mm -hmm. and something that leads to other negative emotions such as stress, anxiety, depression, and so on and so forth, right? Yeah. No, we're not a victim. We don't have to have frustration in our life. We choose to have frustration in our life. And here's the reason I tell you that we choose that. We choose that because when we make that choice is subconscious Mm -hmm. and we've been choosing frustration for the majority of our life 
without knowing that that's what we're doing. And so in order to rid ourselves of frustration, we have to find acceptance. Yes. And acceptance is the opposite of frustration, or at least in my eyes, it is. I agree. It, uh, it, it, and I look at it in the terms of, man, everyone pulls up to a stoplight behind somebody and driving in their car. And you want to make a right turn. Mm -hmm. And there's just no reason why this car will not turn right in front of me, <laughs> except that this person's clearly an idiot. And I'm dealing with something of an inferior human. And I'm running through all these thoughts in my mind that everyone in the world runs through. But in the reality, we don't take a moment to stop and consider whether or not that person might be struggling with something, might be having a rough day. And I say that because I've been in those situations. And with my TBI that I suffered, it's brought me to a place in my life where I was so frustrated with everything that it created anxiety, created depression, created all those other things that I talk about till I got to a place where one day I had to drive home um, and I wasn't able to function real well based on some of the stuff that they had done that day for me or the way that I was feeling. And so I was dizzy and I was doing the best I could. Like I was genuinely giving it my best, knowing that everyone around me was honking, flicking me off and doing all kinds of other horrible things. But at the time, I didn't have a choice. I didn't have you. I didn't have the other people that, you know, helped me to get by now and help me to get around. So it was either to do what I got to do or don't. But anyway, that allowed me the opportunity to take that into consideration now. So I pull up behind that person at the light and this is what first runs through my head instead of all the other things that I just mentioned. My first thought is maybe this person just had their eyes dilated and maybe they can't really see and they don't have anyone else to drive them. So now I have compassion for them. Yes. So now when I pull up behind that car, Instead of my blood pressure rising and getting more and more and more to the point where now I'm angry and I've got that swirl of emotion that we talked about last week mm -hmm. happening to me, I address my anger or my frustration one-on-one, -on -one, just like I talked about last week with knowing where to find compassion. Well, I know that this is a frustrating situation for me, and I would bet 90% of the people in the world find the same situation extremely frustrating. Relatable content, yes. It's very relatable, right? <laughs> but when you pull up behind that car and you say to yourself, I don't have to be anywhere. That's the key. And you understand that you really don't have to be anywhere. There is nowhere that we're going, and there is nowhere that we need to remember where we've been. Because really, the past does not exist, and the future does not exist either. And the only way to really value life is to find acceptance for the things in our days that we don't have any control over or find acceptance for things in our lives that we try to control, which fails miserably. And then we end up having to wait for the universe to give us what we need when we need it. So learning that patience and learning how to have that patience for that is also another way to rid your life of frustration. So it's the acceptance. So now behind the car, I pull up, I automatically go to, wow, this person's probably struggling with something, which just that thought alone and not assuming that the person is a moron, <laughs> because that's really what happens in our brains if you let yourself program over time, that sort of thing, because it's not something that you can help. It's just something that you've always done. Yeah. And so it becomes standard to assume that they're doing something wrong. Well, the first problem is with that is that as soon as I find acceptance that, you know what, I'm not in a hurry. Maybe I'll be late to whatever it is I'm going to, but maybe that's intentional. 
And I'll tell you, here's a story that's crazy. Sometime ago, I was driving my car and somehow on this road, I, I was forced to stop at a yellow light and this car didn't stop and rode past me in the middle lane. And when they passed me, they ran the red yellow light and I didn't think anything of it. But shortly thereafter, they did it again. And right in front of me, when I hit the red light, there was another car that took off and it T-boned this car. Oof. And so I thought to myself, wow, had I tried to catch what that car was trying to catch, trying to be in that extra hurry and not hit the brakes. And something weird about it was crazy was that I literally, as I went, saw the light change to yellow, chose to hit the brakes, chose to stop, chose to be patient. And because of that, I wasn't the one that got hit. The person that was passing me did. And they got drilled, ended up pulling off to the side of the road, having to get out, help them out of the ditch. It was a big time oh, car goodness. accident. And all I could think was, man, that could have been me yeah. if I would have just pushed the universe at my timing. Yep. You, and you so, were meant to be there to help them out and calm them and down. On top of sure that, okay. because, yeah, and I was calm. Yeah. I was in a good place. Yeah. So I was able to offer them that support. Coming present, you know, being present in the day is, is like, it's like painting this giant mural. And the only way that you're ever going to be able to truly paint it is on the days that you are present, where you are not in the future, not in the past, but right here, right now. Those are the only days you can paint. Mm -hmm. Now, is your mural going to get done before you die? Oh, hell no. It's just going to keep growing and growing and growing, and it's going to be more and more beautiful every single day, every single time I paint it. And my mural is going to be finished because I've learned to live in the present. Oh. And so by having no... present until my death, then I can't do it once I die. <laughs> right, but you can only paint on the days that you truly are present. Oh, yes. So you're not allowed to paint the mural when the days you're living in the future or the past. Mm, so if you have anxiety, yes. then that is caused by living, living in the future. future. Yes. And mm -hmm. if you have what? Depression. Depression. That's caused by? The past. The past. So if you live with either of those two conditions, anxiety or depression, you are living in the future or the past. Mm -hmm. So now, how many days would you get to actually paint your mural? Right. If you could only paint when you're in the present. Well, the goal many. is to paint every day, but we're human. Exactly. And so, but the practice of it is, is that in order to get that mural painted, all you really have to do is let go of anxiety and depression, mm -hmm. which seems like something that everyone would want to do, right? Oh yeah. Seems I mean, easy. Seems sounds so easy. Yeah. I mean, we don't want to get rid of anxiety and depression. Right. So, I mean, really, this isn't like a hard sell. This is one of those easy to understand processes, but very difficult to reprogram the mind yes, difficult into to do. seeing things this way. And you've taught me you've taught me how to do that. And you've taught me the baby steps to that. And I think a lot of that was through observing you and how you live your life, but also through yoga practice of just allowing yourself to improve, catching yourself in the moment, breathing, going slower, not trying to do all the things all at once. I mean, how many times did you tell me to slow down? <laughs> but Jeez. once I got it, it made sense. But, but you were the one that ingrained that in my head you're the one that made me get it well it was so so apparent to me and so frustrating for you when i first met you because i kept telling you do less <laughs> and you kept trying harder and i kept saying that <laughs> you will be more productive more successful by doing less than what you're doing now because you're going 100 miles an hour but you don't have any direction yes you don't know what you're doing and you're not present because you are living in the future Lots of anxiety, mm -hmm. lots of depression also. So oh, you yeah. had past that was like this big bag of weight that you were just dragging with you everywhere. And then on top of it, you know, you were stressed out about what the future is going to hold. 
And so you never really enjoyed waking up and, and just being alive. And uh, when I went to South America, I took a trip down there. And this was really what taught me so much about simply being present as being the most valuable thing, which is why it's on episode two, like the comedian we just listened to oh, and yeah. said, you know, <laughs> Uh, first thing that we wrote was, you can say whatever you want. Second thing was, well, but you got to have a gun. <laughs> Second amendment, arms. right? Comedian who said that, I yep. forget his name. We, have, we have to find it. Amazing. Yeah. We'll tag him in this we'll though, because that was hysterical. a brilliant, brilliant comedy. We'll see the real. <laughs> so, uh, anyway, that's how I figured this out. I went on a sabbatical. I needed to leave the United States, but I needed to leave the United States, not as I had been leaving for many, many years, traveling and teaching. But really, I needed to, to get back to me. So I went as far away as I could get to down by the southernmost tip of South America and was in a place called Chiloé, which is a little bitty island in the middle of nowhere. And nobody speaks English and I don't speak any Spanish. <laughs> and I connected with some people down there and they gave me a place to stay. But it was very modest accommodations. It was not anything like fancy. Which I feel is the fancy. best way to do it when you're resetting yourself. 100%. There was no internet. There was no power. I mean, there was power, but it was hit or miss, and yeah. it wasn't like the kind of power that we have here in the United States. And there was water, but it was in a big giant tub that was kept up on their property and had to be elevated to flow. That's how we got our water pressure. <laughs> um, it was freezing, you know, and I'm out in the water surfing with penguins and uh, sea lions. I was there for over a month, and uh, what I realized was that when I was there, I didn't have a phone. I wasn't connected to anyone. I didn't have much going on because I really didn't need to work or do anything because all we had to do is eat, have enough money to eat. And so I woke up in the morning, walked out to the beach, let's spend three hours at the beach, watching the waves, watching the water, doing nothing, meditating, learning, reminding myself of who I am and how to be present. And then the rest of the day would go on wanders and hikes and things like that. After a month of being down there, watching the sunrise, sunset, moon come up, moon go down sunrise sunset same thing every day mm -hmm. i came to realize that my life as a human being on this planet is very very simple yep. that's how simple it was and that's how simple it can be from the moment that i arrived back in the united states i had a new perspective on life that everything i decide from that point on to have in my life that causes me anxiety causes me stress causes me any kind of discomfort is by my choice because i didn't have any of it when i lived on those on that island yeah. for that period of time because i realized that i didn't need anything more than what i had when i was there then i became in this nice peaceful place hard part of that is, is when i came back to the united states you see how frustrated everybody is yes because of how far away they've gotten from that set of situations. So delve into that a little bit more. What are, I don't know, three things you specifically did to bring that lifestyle? Because I love these, this story about you going to South America that you did with your lifestyle in America, because obviously completely on different ends of the spectrum that just worked for you and that can probably work for a lot of people. I would say, number one, the, the biggest thing that I brought away from the whole entire situation was when you're faced with a situation that you can't do anything about the future, you can't do anything about the past either because you're stuck on an island in the middle of nowhere. Mm -hmm. So you only focus on the present. The other thing that was interesting was that because it's a survival situation yeah. where you don't, you're not guaranteed that you're going to have food. You're not guaranteed that you're going to have water and it's cold enough that you can freeze and die. 
So there's a survival instinct that comes into play also mm -hmm. that I was reminded and had to focus on living, surviving more than I could just sit around and allow my mind to wander on other things. Because when you're trying to feed yourself and that's the only thing that's running through your mind, yeah. you don't really have time to have anxiety, live in the future or depression because those two things don't exist. And right now all you're trying to do is find food. Mm -hmm. So having that kind of like sense of urgency about the day, today, this day, gave me so much more perspective on just simply being in the day. Also seeing people and watching the other people that live there see that this is how they live every day of their life and that they don't even understand the idea of worrying because that's not a thing to them because they're so busy from the time they wake up till the time they go to sleep. They are trying to survive and they are trying to make enough to keep things going. Yeah. Uh, unlike us where we have excess, 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 which allows us a lot of free time, which allows us a lot of opportunity to sit around and think about what was or what could then. Mm -hmm. And those two thoughts will all day, every day leads you into a negative mind frame, take you down the same road where you end up going after frustration, which leads to sadness or anger, which leads to ultimately stress. Yep. And once the stress happens, then it's up to you to see which way you're going to go. But most people end up with anxiety, depression. Some people manifest it as ADHD. Some people manifest it as an illness in the body. Mm -hmm. So these things are real. These things are really happening. So I would say the three things that were the most important things were survival keeps you busy mm -hmm. and makes you focus on being yeah. present now. Seeing other people not obsessed or focused on the future or past was really educational I for me that. as well. And then also there's a saying you hear me say all the time, the more you have, the more you have to worry about. Mm. And once I kind of understood that, though, understood that you can't, if you have nothing, you have nothing to worry about. And that's a great place to be in a lot of ways, because when you're not worried about anything except survival, well, then you're in the present moment. I had that point in my life. I've been at that place where, I mean, it was just, that was all I could do. Mm -hmm. Could I count as three? Right. <laughs> in your life today because we're human and frustration does happen stress does still happen what is your go-to in order to stay present and to bring yourself back to the moment to like because you can you can, you feel it coming on you know so what do you do is it breathing is it taking a step back is it a combination of things it's a really good question and it's something that you don't have to i want to start out also you don't have to leave the country and go to an island no. <laughs> for a month in order to accomplish what it is that I'm talking about. And to answer your question, the very first thing you have to do in order to gain control of your mind and rid yourself of these anxiety and depression and get present moment right now is first of all, when I wake up in the morning, I spend an hour minimum to two hours of my day. And you know this, you've yep. seen my routine. And every single day I spend those hours doing one thing. And that is when I wake up from my sleep, very first thing I do is I go be by myself. And my meditation practice is, is sound enough and consistent enough that I never waver because this is how I choose to start my day. 100%. Now, not only am I focusing on how I'm going to be that day, but what I focus on also is, was there anything yesterday that I could have said to anyone that I came in contact with or that I could have done or that I could have improved upon as a human being? with my interactions with other people and with the way that I was. Right. And what I do is I go through every conversation that I had that day and I run through it in my mind 
and I go, could I have done anything better to help this person, to be more for this person, show more compassion? And as I do that, if the answer is yes, then I learn from that. If the answer is no, then I set it down and I never think about it again. And that's the difference that I want to point out is you're learning from yourself and your experiences. You're not ruminating on them. Right. I am not disregarding all of the things that are happening in my life. That's nonsense. They're in the yesterday. Mm -hmm. What I'm doing is I'm addressing them to see how I can learn from them. But also, once I evaluate the situation and there's nothing about it that I go, ah, man, I should have probably said this or done this. Now, if I find those things happen in my mind as I'm going through the situations, you know, you've seen me do it many times. I'm the first person to reach out and say, hey, man, I was just thinking about what happened yesterday. And when you and I were talking, I totally said the wrong thing. I didn't mean that. What I meant was this. And I hope that you can be patient with me while I'm growing because Mm -hmm. I don't like to apologize all the time. I prefer to ask people to continue to be patient with me as I grow in life because that's more of a thing that we can do for each other to help each other along in life versus I'm sorry, which is like, all right, cool. Well, that's cheap words because... Most of the time when people say something like that, it's fleeting or it's habit. And so by saying, hey, thanks for being patient with me while I learn who I am and grow. Which involves a conscious effort. Which involves a conscious effort. And so then I have those hour to two hours. Some days I have more interactions than others. Then by the time I start my day after I'm done with that, I no longer think about anything that happened the day before Mm -hmm. or the day before that or the day before that. Because obviously I have figured out that one day at a time means I can't live with the stuff that happened yesterday. I'm also, when I focus on those things, it only takes a very short amount of time for me to make all the repairs. And typically, as you know, nowadays, like I don't make big mistakes with people. Sometimes I might say something inconsistent because of my head injury or because of the way that I sometimes articulate things, but it's not intentional. It's not malicious. You're very open with your communication, which is something that you've taught me through this practice. Because for me, it was always fear of getting yelled at, you know, for saying, hey, I messed up. Thank you for your patience. But you are one that reiterated that to me and how to communicate better with people, which I think is a huge part of being present, like you're saying. Also, when you let those things go, correct me if I'm wrong. That is part of acceptance, which is what you were talking about earlier, and also a non-attachment to what it was. It is what it is, and we're done. Yep. Also, having gratitude for every moment of everything that you have every day. And so, like, thanking someone for being patient with you Mm -hmm. as you grow is showing gratitude. Yes. Which, again, now I'm taking something like, I made a mistake. I'm sorry I screwed up. Instead of saying those negative phrases, those negative terms, because even saying those things programs your brain to go down negative hallway. Instead of saying those negative things, I focus on, thank you for being patient with me as I grow and learn from my mistakes. Mm -hmm. And that way I'm showing gratitude, which I'm making that situation into now a positive opportunity for not only me to show someone gratitude, which always is a good thing, but also for me to learn to have gratitude for that situation because now it's a positive thing. And that's something that you have to do to live in the present yeah. is find gratitude for everything that happens all day. And that's an easier said than done thing because what's my favorite thing to say? Siempre algo, which everyone's going to have t-shirts soon that say siempre <laughs> we'll algo, <laughs> which this is all, uh, it's always something, right? You know that it's going to be something. There's going to be another something after that something. Life is a series of somethings. Some of them are going to be fun and enjoyable. Others are going to be educational. Yes. 
But those are the only two options. Yeah. There are no other options. And so if you're in an educational time experience, be grateful that you're in that experience and you're learning from what's going on because that's what we're supposed to be doing right. is write learning. that down people <laughs> yeah write that down i really that was, probably that should be a, the quote that was a gem i'm gonna make a thing of, a for that. <laughs> there's real truth behind that and i mean it when i say it's the key to everything yeah but I think too, it creates a connection with people. Again, like this collective consciousness that we were talking about last week, but it creates a connection with people on a deeper level when you're able to say thank you and show gratitude, show that acceptance and say, hey, we're both human. We're both learning. Let's, let's continue to evolve. Well, in the practice of doing so and being outward grateful to people, mm -hmm. even for something like, hey, they most oh, of the time when I say what I say, I'll go to someone and go, hey, I just want to let you know, thank you so much. Yesterday when we were talking, I realized that I said something that came out all wrong. I'm like, thank you for being patient with me as I grow. And you know what they look at me and do? I have no idea what you're talking about <laughs> right. because they don't, they didn't see the thing that I saw uh -huh. and I don't look for whether or not they responded or reacted to it because that's irrelevant. What I'm focused on is what I can do. How it made you feel? And how I made, yeah. And also how I felt about it. Yeah. I felt like the way that I communicated this to this person was not the best way that I could communicate with that person. Even though they didn't notice, I'm still going to go to them and thank them for understanding as I grow because it's an opportunity for me to A, show someone gratitude, B, show someone humility because that's yeah. gratitude in its humblest form right there. Admitting that you're making mistakes and you're imperfect. Yeah. Holy cow. What? That's like unheard of these days. No one wants to admit they're wrong. I'm the first person to tell you guys, I make a lot of mistakes. I screw up all the time. I make you. bad decisions. And guess what? Yeah. I still wake up the next day and decide to be present and live my life the best I can. And there's something special about the humility of talking to somebody afterward and admitting and saying, Hey, this made me feel awkward. I'm sorry about, it, or thank you for your patience. And even if they didn't get it, like you said, that humility shows a deeper level of respect for them as a human. And again, better connection, better presence. Well, in a hundred percent, I mean, there's a reason why everyone has said to me, Chris, you should do a podcast. Yeah, you know, right. you, this is why you, you were the first person to convince me to do it because obviously there's so much to uh, hesitation in going out there and spreading the word that you believe is your life and the way that you live. But I'm also at a place where I understand now that I'm not pretending to be someone's teacher. I'm your teacher and I'm my teacher. And as you hear me say all the time in yoga, mm -hmm. you are your own teacher. Mm -hmm. I am not your teacher. You are your teacher. You should be listening to yourself and you should only be listening to yourself. However, because I know what it's like to get distracted from listening to yourself. If you need to listen to me on my podcast, do so. And give me five stars on your rating every time you do. <laughs> but tune in every week because I understand how to make or help people to see what they're missing yes. about themselves. And yes. that's where I can take no credit, nor will I ever, for the lives that are changed because of the things that I say. It was not me doing it. I was just merely a vessel. And I was willing to put myself out there, which after the first episode, that's been the greatest reward that I could have ever received was the countless messages that I've gotten mm -hmm. from people saying, thank you so much for putting yourself out there. It's what I needed to hear. Yeah. And people that I didn't know, people that I did know, 
that's really uh, why I'm doing this. Yeah. And that's the entire that's purpose special. and the entire reason for taking this time, yeah. spending this energy. You know, I feel like I've got life all figured out. Why do I need to spend any time teaching the rest of the world or showing the rest <laughs> of the world? And you're the one that made me realize that that's not the way to be. No, you and that I am a teacher. Spreading this word. And that this stuff that I have to say is actually valuable. It is. Because a lot of people don't sit down and communicate these thoughts and these processes the way that you do in in this real life format. You have a bunch of experiences and I want people to benefit from you just as much as I have. And and seeing you with your TBI and, and, and understanding how it affects you, but you never allow it to be who you are. It's not your identity. It certainly isn't. And it wasn't always this way, as you know. Oh, yeah. I know you've grown. So and I, can you, do you want to delve into that a little bit? I'll, I'll read you a quote that I heard this morning on a podcast that I was listening to because we all have teachers. We all have people that are guides. Yes. Well, mine is uh, Alan Watts is one of my favorite to listen yeah. to. And there was a statement he made that said, no one will ever understand the violence it took to become this gentle. 100. I love that. And it was exactly what I needed to hear today in order to segue into what you asked me to do next. Mm -hmm. My whole entire life, my whole entire existence has been nothing but one nonstop fight. And it's been a fight from when I was a child. It's been a fight from when I was an adolescent. It's been a fight from as I got out of my house and into the military. And then it was a fight after leaving the military. And then it was just more fighting and fighting and fighting. And a lot of it was physical fighting, mm -hmm. but there was also a tremendous amount of emotional, mental fighting that I had to do for the majority of my life. Well, in 1999, I suffered a traumatic brain injury in the service. Yep. And uh, right away, it had a lot of effects on me that I wasn't aware of because I really didn't understand what I understand now. So I didn't see any of these things, nor was I willing to accept them anyway, because I was so young and so just right, you know, take over the world. Yep. What do they say? Young, dumb and full of cum. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I mean, it, it's piss and vinegar type thing. But after that injury happened over time, I started to realize that I was developing these other instabilities um, as I grew older and maybe they were uh, perpetuated from the head injury, which I believe is true. And as they mm -hmm. were, then I started to become more and more obsessed with anxiety and fear, both of which, you know, one was fear because I was afraid of the past catching up to me, afraid of the past of what happened to me, afraid of it facing the past because I didn't want to have to stare that stuff down. So I lived in this afraid of fear, afraid of the past, afraid of everything that ever happened to me. And then on top of that, I had so much anxiety about the future because the only past that I've ever known was fear. Yeah. and was anger and was violence you were surviving i was surviving but i was caught between this situation where i didn't feel that i could get out of it going through that time i eventually got to a point where i realized that because i have my head injury i don't have the capacity in my brain anymore to hold on to all this stuff that i've been carrying around mm -hmm. not for nothing also but none of the past that i thought was going to ever come and bite me in the ass or make me become part of that way of going. I stopped the perpetuation process because I chose to parent my kids differently. Yeah. I chose not to touch them. Mm -hmm. I chose to break from the things that I had learned. And every time I chose one of those things, it made me a little less heavy. 
yeah. a little less stressed, a little less depressed. But I did get to an ultimate point where I was suicidal, where I had so many thoughts of negative things. And had it not been for having my kids, I probably wouldn't have made it through that time. But my children have always been my motivator as to why I have to survive, but also thrive yeah. because they're relying on me. And I don't want to be the example that was set for me, for my kids. I'd like to do something much better for them. I've chosen that as a way of thinking my entire life. You know, as this statement that Alan Watts said this morning was such a resounding thing for me, mm -hmm. no one will ever understand the violence it took to become this gentle. Now, People come to me for comfort. They come to me for advice. Mm -hmm. They come to me to help them understand things. They come to me because they trust me. And so many people that do this without question, without hesitation, has made me realize no one will ever understand how much. It's like the Hulk, right? The Hulk yeah. says, you know, what was that famous line where they asked him how he was able to not allow the Hulk out. Yeah. And he said, I stay angry. Mm -hmm. And so the constant battle that I have within myself to not allow that side of me to come back out, focus on being gentle to make sure that that never comes out. Yeah. And in the beginning it was like, all right, I'm going to be present and I'm going to be compassionate of others today. Well, that lasted until about seven 30 in the morning <laughs> and then dive bombed. And I became the old me for the rest of the day. Yeah. But over the past 10, 15 years, I have learned how to add it in and get a little more time, a little more time to where eventually you have the whole day. Yeah. And you, you're a spectacular example of this is we all consider anger to be this bad negative emotion. But in reality, you've become friends with your anger. You've accepted it and you've taken the time to understand it. You don't allow it to rule you anymore. You just say, hey, thank you. I see you. I appreciate that you're helping me to survive, trying to protect me, whatever the case is. You put it in your pocket and you get on with your day. And I think that's a big part of that quote and your morning meditations and being present, knowing yourself. Well, my anger is very much a part of me. Yeah. And my frustration is very much a part of yeah. me. And those are emotions, like I talked about last week, that I have practiced compartmentalizing. And when they do come on and I have to address those emotions, I know how to address them one-on-one. -on -one. Mm -hmm. And I also know that once I've addressed it, I can set it down mm -hmm. and go back to my life and make my decisions to be who I am mm -hmm. logically, yeah. rationally, and not led by these emotions that were mm -hmm. for so long dictating every decision I made in life and were putting me all in the wrong spots. And I kept thinking, oh my God, I'm just so unlucky or I'm just so unfortunate or it's not my fault, but how does this always happen? but I was trying to force the universe to give me what I thought I needed when I thought I needed it, when the universe had other plans. Yep. And the idea that I was just going to relinquish control and let the universe do what it was supposed to do. And my job is only to wake up one day at a time, focus only on that day. And you and I have had I so that. many conversations too, right? Where you're like, hey, uh, so yesterday when you were doing this and this and this and this, and I'm like, I have no, I have idea, no idea what you're talking about. <laughs> and I, you know that I'm not joking. Yeah. I'm a hundred percent serious and uh -huh. that I have let that go yep. to the point of not remembering mm -hmm. the subject that we were talking about or having a very vague memory of it, yeah. but I've already addressed it and let it go. And I've practiced this for so long. Plus, like I said, my brain's only capable of comprehending and holding on to yeah. this much stuff right now. 
And so maybe that thing that happened to me that at first seemed like it was going to put me at a disadvantage has forced me into a way of living that now is very advantageous. And so I don't know. But I also, I do know that whether it's from the practice and the training that I've spent doing these things or it was from the head injury, the life that I live now is peaceful. Mm-hmm. It's without any kind of anger and frustration. It's very consistent mm-hmm. to the point where I'm always the calmest person in any room that I walk into. It doesn't matter if there's two people or 2,000 people in that room. I will always be the calmest person in the room. Yep. And that's something that comes from being consistently unaffected by other people's energy yeah. and also knowing yourself. Yep. And so when you've understood yourself because you spend an hour in the morning evaluating everything you did the day before, sort of like quality control for who you were yesterday. If I go through yesterday and every single day I have done this for the last 11, 12 years, well, guess what? You're basically checking on yourself. Now, what a lot of people are going to say is, well, I wasn't, somebody did this to me. And if you start that conversation that way right there, you're automatically taking the victim mentality. And as we talked about last week, and I'll talk about every week, all day, every day, you only have two choices, either be a victim or a champion. And the victims are always going to blame someone else for what happened. And I had to understand that that's okay. That's what they're going to go through. And that's their journey. But for me, I chose to take responsibility and realize that I chose everything that happened in my life because the moment I came back from that island I've decided to add things to my life and everything I've added has come at a cost and that cost is you know that it's going to jeopardize my peace and jeopardize my presence in today but I've done so with a awareness now to where it does not have control over me and you know I live a very simple minimalistic because I understand the less you have, the less you have to worry about. Yeah. And effectively, that seems like the best way for me to survive. Now, it doesn't mean you can't have things. No, it doesn't. Not at all. No, you can have things. It's just you don't need all the things. And it's not going to make you happy. What's going to make you happy is understanding yourself and being okay with yourself. And again, that boils back to being present and being consistent, which is again, what you are. And that's helped me a lot with my consistency and getting over my anxieties because I know the Chris that's going to show up every day. I know who's going to be there. I didn't really have that growing up, you know, and then I meet you and I'm like, Oh, okay, cool. We're good. Like this is, this is, is this what it's supposed to be like? But I think that's beautiful, that consistency, how you radiate that to everyone, because I see people come up to you. I see the conversations that you have. I see the interactions, just the energy. I see the person that's in need and you can say something so simple to them or just be there. It makes a world of difference. Well, it's the, it's the consistency of me letting you know that I'm never going anywhere, Mm -hmm. nor am I ever going to change. Also, when situations arise that normally most people, especially men would have a reaction to, Uh I don't react to them, do I? No, I simply just address it as a professional, send it to one, to you or to whoever the situation is about Uh and say, listen, I am not upset. I am not angry. I am not mad. Just want you to be aware that this type of thing happened. And, you know, it's happened recently, right? We've Mm -hmm. had somebody who, you know, sent me pictures of somebody who I cared about. And those pictures were clearly not given to this person. And this person's trying to convince me that, you know, he's having a 
sexual relationship with the person in the photos mm -hmm. and wanting to gain a response out of me wanting yeah. testing wanting to see control. what i'm gonna say yeah. And I never respond because I won't ever lower myself to anyone else's vibration no. for any reason. And just because you think that you can poke me right. does not mean that you're going to. And certainly if you do, I'll never let you see it. Yeah. And I have maintained this for many, many years now, haven't I? Oh, yeah. And so therefore you are a witness that I'm really good oh, yeah. at just allowing those things like water on a duck's back. Roll off. roll off. I think one of the big keys in life is to never lower your vibration to somebody else's. Stay vibing high. I know it's cliche, but it's it's true. And that means you stay true to yourself, your morals, what you believe, and, and everything that comes with that. Well, I would say the majority of people that I know in this world perceive me as a teacher, mm -hmm. a leader, Definitely. a guru, a mentor. Uh -huh. uh, you know, there's a million different words for a spiritual advisor. Um, but majority of the people that know me in this world and have been around me over the last six to 12 months would know that that's really what most people would call me. Most mm -hmm. people call me teacher. Oh yeah. And I did not become a teacher. I didn't give myself a title of teacher. No, you... I didn't tell people I'm their teacher. You didn't choose this path. I know you I didn't, didn't choose this path. This <laughs> we'll get a, into that later. As a matter of fact, I've been extremely resistant to this path. <laughs> we'll save that for the, for the next episode or something. <laughs> but the idea that if you take 10 human beings and you put them in a room, they're only they're going to always promote one person to yes. be the leader. Yes. That's human nature. That's what Absolutely. we do. And I've always believed that. I told you that whenever we were working in the studio, and you know you needed to be the manager of the studio and i said when you become the manager of the studio i'll give you the title but you'll have already become the manager yeah. because the people in the studio will promote you to manager yeah. they will look up to you they will ask you the questions they will come to you for and as that happens you become the manager then after that it's just as simple as handing you the title that you already are wearing. Yeah. And that's really what people don't understand. Like, well, you got to make me the manager to get respect. No, you got to walk the walk first. I have never walked into any situation and told people that they must respect me. I've never demanded respect. Because if you do that, that's the first way to turn someone off. You want, I mean, it's peaceful and as passionate as I am about right. being compassionate. If someone... <laughs> demands me to respect them right. first of all i'm going to feel badly for them but second of all it's going to make me take a second to go well i respect you because i love you i respect you because i care about you the fact that you just demanded me to respect you mm -hmm. i'm going to accept as a part of your growing process and that you know not what you're saying mm -hmm. and you know in so many religions even christ has said to god right on yeah. the cross uh, they know not what they do. Yeah. And uh, there's a way of thinking that happens with most spiritual advisors in this world. And I can go through an entire list of people who we know as being enlightened or awakened or being more aware mm -hmm. of real life reality than the rest of us are. And those people have all had the same mentality, the same attitude on life. And that's exactly the attitude that I have now. Oh, yeah. And so it becomes something of a habit, but also the people are going to promote who they want as their leader. And so it's oh, yeah. not by choice that I became. No, your energy leader. determines it. I mean, that's something that I tell you all the time that you, you don't walk into a room and announce your title, yourself, whatever it is. If you do that, you're not that. Nope. Your energy, your vibration, your, how you treat people. 
Well, the loudest room, the loudest one in the room is always the weakest. Yes. And uh, you've been to what, 50, 100 of my workshops? Oh, yeah. For handstands, probably 100 easily. Oh, yeah. How often when I am teaching a handstand workshop, do I show off my handstand capabilities? Never. Almost never, right? That's why I'm there. I do all <laughs> Because in my mind, the reason that people came there is not to see what I can do no, because that's they, what they're, they're already there. That's They've already there. seen what I can do. They want to know Chris. They want to come see what I had to teach. Yes. And so I'm not going to waste their time that they spent their money on no. coming to see me just showing off my capabilities. Yeah, that makes no sense. That's, that's ridiculous. So I'm going to spend every moment of every of those hours teaching them as oh, yeah. much as I can possibly teach them. And you know, and people can find out if they tune into like our YouTube you. page and on Centered, yeah. that we have these videos now of me teaching mm -hmm. and these workshops that I teach. And you'll see in those videos from the minute you walk in till the two hours is up, it's teach, 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 oh, teach, yeah. teach. And that's and not about me. Response. That's about them. Yes, exactly. They're paying to get knowledge from you. They don't want to see you perform. If they <laughs> wanted that, they'd go to Cirque du Soleil right. and do it that. No, I want your knowledge. I want your vibration. I want to know just what you specifically have to offer. That's why we do this. That's why you're here right now. Well, That's why we're talking. Truthfully, so much of what I do on my hands and on the things that I do acrobatics wise was to gain attention. Yeah. But so that I could not necessarily tell them how to do what I was doing, but so that I could gain their attention to talk to them about what we're talking about right oh, now. Yeah. It's a great platform and segue to do that. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, that stuff, as you know, was never something that I sought out to become famous for. It was, nope. it was out of self-preservation. Yep. Doing yoga helped me immensely with my cervical issues. Doing yoga helped me immensely with my headaches. Being upside down helped me so much with those same issues. Yeah. So my yoga practice became good because I spent every single day doing it two and three and four times a day mm -hmm. for some time for a while when I first found it till I got to the point where I'm at now. And like, you know, when we teach teacher training, you know, and the, and the student said to me, what, Chris, as we taught the eight limb path, yes. they're like, it appears that you're living in the seventh limb path or that's where your practice is at. And I said, well, that perception would be probably as accurate as anything I could come up with as well. My attempt to live the eight limb path is 100% in place, but obviously I'm working my way to that eighth limb. And some days, especially when I'm leading a teacher training and having students coming through all the time, I'm at my best. I'm held accountable to be at my best, yes. but also because I want to be the best for the people that show up and that's the difference and that's why my classes have always filled because i believe that when you do something authentically yeah it's always going to be successful no matter what people can tell authentic versus inauthentic you can't fake that you just can't fake that well and hopefully that's something that comes away from this podcast is that as i have grown in popularity i've noticed that more opinions of me that people think they have or know me which <laughs> you know let's stop right here for just a second and talk about this if you have not hung out with me in person in the last five days, then you do not know me at all. So do not say that you know me. Do not say that you have any kind of insight as to who I am because I am not the person that I was a week ago. Oh, yeah. I'm not the person that I was a year ago and I'm not the person that I was 10 years ago. So people who have run into me or had interactions with me 10 years ago, eight years ago in my life, yeah. 
and they think they know me it blows my mind because i'm like i don't even know the person i was eight years ago which means they're not living in the present and it has nothing to do with who i am today so why on earth would that even be a relevant conversation but i want to say today that this is another part of living in the present is not believing that you know people because of what you've seen on social media Excellent. or because of an incident that happened with you and them at some point throughout the past even if it was a week ago, you've got to realize that that person is not the same person they were a week ago. So at this point, it's irrelevant to say that that's who they are because it's not true. There's somebody different. They've already changed. And that change is guaranteed because yeah. there's nobody listening or nobody that would argue that they are not the same person they were 10 years nope, ago. Nope, nope. And so right. once you realize that, it helps you very much to continuously be present right here, right now. And you never hear me talk about this is who this person is because I had this interaction with them no. one time, you know, 10 years ago. No, not at all. Sense. I tell you, hey, yeah, I, I had an, inter uh, an interaction with that person sometime in my life. And back then we hit it off on this or we found this in common because that's what I focus on is the positives that came from that sort of situation. Now, would I sit around and share all the negatives or the things that I no. thought about that person or whatever? No, What's never. First of all, it's I don't do that. Energy. Second of all, yeah, that's a real big waste of energy. <laughs> and on top of that, who am I to judge anybody else? I am not perfect by any means. No. I am a complete screw up. We're all just doing our best. Who's just happened to find a real peaceful way of living because of circumstances and because of evolution and because of, you know, recognizing that everything is an educational experience. And so I live day by day, one moment at a time. Every moment of the day to me is just as important as the next. So I value each one. And I remember to myself that we're never going to get this day back. So if we don't live it, to our fullest, that's up to us, but it's also going to be up to us or that's also gonna be in the back of our mind as we get older and we realize, man, I passed on this opportunity or I passed on this opportunity or I passed. And those are the things that people regret. Yeah. And those are the things that create that depression we were talking about yeah. because they believe I should have handled it differently. Well, you don't have to do that anymore. Now you can just simply handle it differently. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Which honestly leads to our quote of the day, which is, there is no tomorrow without first being in today. I think that's a good way to summarize everything that we've talked about here today. Absolutely. And hopefully somebody will wake up tomorrow and uh, remember this and when they do, they'll be able to look back on yesterday and only do yesterday, never do the past because after anything beyond yesterday, that person is not that person anymore anyway, like we talked about. Mm -hmm. So doing it one day at a time makes it manageable and makes it something that you can accomplish. You, you know, you start to try to fix everything from the past and the you know, that's don't, too much. Don't leave the past behind. But what ends up happening is. is if you repair, 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 repair one day at a time, then you don't end up with things from way back oh, when yeah. that are still haunting you because you put closure to everything one day at a time. Yeah. And that has empowered me to be completely present. So no anxiety, no depression. Now, certainly are there times in my life that I go through where things happen, circumstances, enough things happen to me that, of course, it jeopardizes my peace yeah. and it violates or it infiltrates my peace. And I go through periods where I'm depressed and I go through periods where I'm stressed out and I have anxiety. I'm a human being just like everyone else. But I think what's 
great about your ability to be present is also your ability to communicate, which we touched on earlier, because when you are in those modes, you acknowledge them and you say, hey, this is where I'm at right now. I'm just working through this. So forgive me. Thank you for your patience. Mm -hmm. This is where I am. Okay, cool. And then I say, what can I do to support you? That's all. You don't need to fix people. You just need to be there for them and support them. They will ask when they need something from you. Well, and there's a giant thing that we all use in the yoga terms, uh, holding space. Yes. But exactly. to truly hold space for someone means that you're absolutely in no way having any sort of judgment or opinion yeah. about the person mm -hmm. that you're holding space for. And that's, that's something beautiful. that I'd like to see more people actually do yeah, because holding any type of judgment for anybody is only destroying you. It's a cancer to your body. Mm -hmm. It's a cancer to your mind. Your judgments that you're passing, A, are irrelevant, B, are probably not accurate, and C, are making you feel like a trying to elevate yourself over someone else yeah. who's struggling. Yeah, that's not, that makes no sense. How hard is it to beat someone who's struggling? Right? Yeah. Yeah, Come on. somebody when they're down. Good job. Right, exactly. So instead of doing that, you just simply go, I'm going to hold space for you. And this is what I've done many times with you and many times with other people that you've seen me do, mm -hmm. where I'll just hold space. Oh, yeah. And, and there's no judgment. No nope. judgment. Absolutely. And when I'm struggling and there's people now that will hold space for me. Oh, yeah. That's all you need in this world to be able to accomplish what you need exactly. to accomplish. The truth of that is, is that we're the, the collective sum of the five closest people in our life. The collective sum of the five <laughs> closest people in our life. We are the collective sum of the five closest people in our life. And so when you stop right now and you take out a piece of paper and you write down the five closest people in your life. Don't think about it. Just write them. Positive and negative. Just write them down. Don't think about it. Just put down the first three things you think of with each person and then look at it and then put all those on a list and realize that that's who you are. Mm -hmm. And if there's something about that list that you don't like, then it's because you have someone in that five circle that you need to probably look at either having a conversation with or putting someone else in that space so that you can grow and continue to be the best version of yourself that you can be. Devil's advocate, make sure that when you are writing those things down, you're being truthful to the person, not the reflection of what's inside of you that you see in that person. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And that's really what I mean by holding space is that you have to go into it with yeah. no judgments, no is. preconceived notions, and simply just be there for someone else. And that's not an easy thing to do because sometimes people will get excited on someone's depression or their failure because now it makes them feel more human or it shows yeah. shows connectivity that they're struggling too. Yeah. And I understand that, you know, I get to the whole degree. idea of misery loves company and that, you know, while we're all in it together. I'd so if I'm hurting, you should hurt. Right. But at the same time, like we should also celebrate the idea that we don't have to be that way. Mm -hmm. And that there is another way. And it's just a choice. It's simply a decision that you have to make, but it's also a practice that you have to put in place. So you make the choice to be happy, but then you have to practice the things that I'm talking about in order to allow you to be present and allow you to be grateful and allow you to be ultimately happy yeah. today, all day, every day, no matter what happens. Mm -hmm. yeah. So after all that we said today, you know, the most important thing is really learning to just simply be present and wake up tomorrow and realize that this is all we have is today. I had to write this on my mirror when, when I was young. Why worry? It probably won't happen anyway. Mm -hmm. And I wrote it on my mirror with lipstick, as cheesy as that sounds. And I read it every single day for a year. 
But before that happened, I had so much anxiety about things that never happened that I was so stressed out and crippled by the stress. And then after doing that for a year, I stopped having all of that stress for these things because most of the things that I was stressed about really never happened anyway. So I was just wasting energy. So anyway, it's enough about being present. I think we've covered everything today. I think we've covered all the things. If you would like to talk more about being present, go to www.centered.app and you can message me directly on there. You can gain any kind of more insight you'd like. I also am offering some free evaluations, private lessons, that kind of stuff that I know you've got me set up on there for. There's also a coaching app on that site that allows me to be your focus coach. So download it. Use my code Chris20 to get you set up. It's free. K-R-I-S-2-0. It's a productivity app and it's amazing. So go check it out because that's really a great spot to go. If you'd like to talk to me one-on-one directly or you'd like to hear more about what I have to say on this topic, go ahead and sign up on there and I'll be happy to, uh, to give you as much as you like. So life coaching is something I'm very passionate about and I look forward to coaching the people that reach out. Have a wonderful day. Namaste. Hope you got a lot out of this podcast and we'll see you next week. Yes, you will.